0: Hello, and welcome to the Becker's Health IT and Revenue Cycle virtual event. I'm Ayla Ellison, Editor-in-Chief of Becker's Hospital Review, and I'm pleased to be your moderator for today's conversation on how to get your IT and finance teams to work together. I'm joined by three experts today for this important conversation. But before we dive into the questions I have, I'm gonna turn the floor over to each of our panelists to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit more about their organizations. So Aaron, can I begin with you today?
1: Absolutely, so Aaron Mary, I'm the Senior Vice President and Chief Digital and Information Officer for Baptist Health here in Florida. Uh, We are a multi-specialty practice, hospitals, pediatric, both adults, several locations across Northern Florida, uh, over 13,000 employees, Uh, serving a wide range of about two and a half to three million individuals from southern Georgia, all the way to northern Florida. Pleased to be with you today and share some more stories.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron. And John, would you like to introduce yourself now?
2: Sure, Ayla, happy to. Uh, John Kervink. Uh, I'm currently Vice President of Performance and Financial Strategy for uh, Grey Bruce Health Services. We're a six hospital system centered in Owen Sound, which is north of uh, Toronto, Ontario. We've got an operating budget of about a quarter of a billion dollars and employ about 2,000 staff. Uh, recently, I uh, added the IT function into my portfolio, uh, which recruit, uh, that includes a regional instance of our uh, EMR, which is delivered across 14 uh, sites, uh, not in our corporation. Very happy to be here and look forward to the discussion.
0: Thank you, John. And Isaiah, I'll turn the floor over to you now.
3: Thanks, Uh, Isaiah Nathaniel, Vice President and Chief Information Officer for Delaware Valley Community Health. We are a local FQHC in the Philadelphia area where we have nine locations, about 360 employees, and we are in the traditional primary care space. So that's adult medicine, internal medicine, optometry, behavioral health, MAT services, uh, podiatry, women's health, and OBGYN. And through those nine locations, we see about 100, and fifty-eight thousand visits, about fifty thousand users per year, and we have our referring partners being Temple Hospital and Jefferson University.
0: Thank you so much, Isaiah, and thank thank you all three for being here with us today. Um, we're going to move through our questions. Um, you know, try to move quickly quickly today. We don't have as much time as as we would like to maybe dive into the. Uh, as much as we would like in terms of IT and finance. Um, I think with the pandemic, there has been so much to talk about on both sides, but today we're here to talk about why it's important for IT and finance teams to come together and collaborate more closely than ever. So Isaiah, I'm going to start with you for our first question. And just to set the tone, why is it important, especially today, for finance and IT teams to to work together?
3: I, that's a very good question, and uh, the way I like to answer that is, um, in a basketball analogy, if you don't have your power forward and your shooting guard playing well together, you're not going to win. Uh, now, you know, we got away from centers. I won't get into that debate with you right now because the game has kind of changed, but if you don't have these two uh, pivotable. Um, and, and pivotable uh, executives in the organization talking to each other, making sure that one, we can afford what we need to purchase, but then the strategy from the IT or IS leader to be able to talk to the rest of the organization, these two departments, They actually sit at the bottom, understanding all of the requests. They understand everything that's going on within the organization. And if they do not talk to each other, then you fail. You fail as an executive team. You fail as an organization. And then the bottom line does reflect that um, non-entities working together.
0: And, and Aaron, what would you add to that? What, why, why is it important for these two teams to, to come together and work closely today?
1: Yeah, I'll give you a real world example. So as you saw recently, that was national headlines. You had your uh, time and attendance payroll systems, Kronos that were out of, of order. Um, and so those things happen, that's, that's life. But how do you overcome those quickly? In our case, we were able to innovate and quickly pivot and built our own time and attendance system. A plan to supplant and make sure that our employees are paid. But it was a request from finance of how do we get that done and how do we move the ball forward, especially when you're suddenly relying on a system and now it's Christmas time and you don't know what to do. So IT can be the innovative engine behind finance, making sure that you overcome hurdles like that.
0: Absolutely. And John, what would you add? Why is it important for finance and IT teams to work together?
2: Yeah, I don't uh, know if I can uh, uh, elaborate anymore on Isaiah's comments and, uh, and Aaron, but I mean, I see IT as as an enabler uh, in an organization, and and today they almost function like a utility, like heat, light, or water. Um, The expectation is that they're always on and always available. So the uh, payroll uh, issue with Kronos is certainly a a good example. I mean, I think on the other side, you know, uh, finance, IT helps finance in in its enabler role, I guess, to be efficient and effective, you know, in executing its responsibility as the purveyor of financial, uh, information for decision-making and accountability in the organization. But IT makes sure that technology works well and all the interfaces operate you know, seamlessly between the applications uh, in finance that's necessary for timely reporting of uh, financial and operating uh, results and, and clearly paying people is important. IT also you know, keeps the software patched and with all the cyber uh, security issues and uh, we certainly have a lot of them seems like currently we're getting uh, warnings all the time about uh, what's going on with Russia, but, you know, they make sure the patches are there and the highest level of security uh, you can have is in place, which really protects the financial assets of the corporation. You don't have, you know, bad actors hacking in and trying to, uh, you know, divert assets away. So, no, I think it's, as I said, it's a key that they partner, um, yin and yang, for sure.
0: Absolutely. So coming through, it's just the, these two departments are relying on one another to, to function and supporting one another. And also at the end of the day, helping the organization um, function, even at the most basic level of just um, you know ensuring that employees get paid, um, which has become a, a more of, a, of an issue um, lately with some of these uh, cyber attacks. And I wanna talk a little bit more about um, you know, the the collaboration between these two teams and especially during the pandemic. Aaron, is there anything that that you can share in terms of, you know, how the pandemic has changed the relationship between finance and IT or, um, you know, why it's made it more possibly more important?
1: Absolutely, so I'll give you three three concepts here. Number one, being able to work effectively anywhere, right? Traditionally, before the pandemic, folks were co-located together, maybe back office teams, Working remotely really increased the ability to rely on tools to collaborate, whether that's something as as sharing information and and spreadsheets all the way to being able to do video chat and talking. It's amazing how much IT had to understand the nuances of folks like finance, the way they operate, the way they work together. And you got to think about it. Finance has been there a whole lot longer than IT has. So there's established protocols and ways. So making sure that's digital, making sure that's engaged. Two, payment. Right? You saw a number of CPT codes and other things come out from CMS, uh, virtual you know, tele- telephony, uh, thus telemedicine, uh, telemonitoring, remote patient monitoring, all these new CPT codes and loading those into the electronic medical record into your revenue cycle systems so you can take advantage of them and get paid for those consults so you didn't go broke. Three, last but not least, is, again, making sure there's workforce health analytics. How is my employee force doing, especially as we had these COVID waves coming in? Folks are out. How do we manage that? How do we proactively stay ahead of that? The analytics behind that is is rapidly giving the intelligence to your finance partners and colleagues so that they can make informed business decisions so that the business keeps going. At the end of the day, it is a business. You're in the business of providing care, but it's a business.
0: Absolutely, and, you know, you've talked about some of the the quick pivots that needed to be made, um, you know, in the start of the pandemic, but some of these workforce issues are still very much, um, you know, uh, real and in front of executives every day. So I'm I'm glad you mentioned that and and how, you know, that helps the the finance team make those types of informed decisions that they need, um, even now as we continue to, um, you know, battle the latest surge of, of COVID. Um, Isaiah, I saw you nodding your head uh, during Aaron's comments, so do you have anything you'd like to add to that in terms of, you know, why the pandemic has, has made it important for these teams to collaborate?
3: Yeah, one, let me stop by saying this is a great panel. Um, I, I think it's it's needed, um, and I'm going to be symbiotic brothers to Aaron and John here, because I think we're gonna say a lot of the same things, but just uh, make it equitable for what we did during our time during the pandemic, which was a very stressful time. And in that time, we went to those two T's just as similar as Aaron, and it was the telework and the telehealth. In Delaware Valley Community Health, being in primary care, we did not have any telehealth and all of our workers were in the office. So when it came this, I would never forget this weekend, March 16th, when we had to make this flip in Pennsylvania to um, everything tele, everything tele. And that was a very stressful weekend. And we had a lot of executive conversation throughout that weekend. And it was particularly with our CMO, our CFO and CIO. And we just had to strategize and say, what do we need to do to be able to do this because again we were at zero for all of these things and the one thing that made this so very uh, successful for us at delaware valley QE health is our chief financial officer said do what you have to do i will figure out how to pay for it and with that kind of pressure off of our backs we were able to just quickly pivot to the point where we did about forty-five thousand telehealth visits in a year going from zero to 100%. to 100%. And then for our, all of our staff, we were able to stay effective with laptops and internet connections, just the basic necessities. And for us at Delaware Valley Community Health, what's so impactful about that? Because as an FQHC, uh, our charge is to serve the underserved, and we hire from within our urban communities. We kept everyone employed, not one layoff through that entire time. We actually increased. Our FTE count. So, by having the CFO say that very distinctly, I will fi- figure out a way to pay for that. It just made the entire process, while stressful, very, very easy to make that pivotable uh, expense and pivotable system wide uh, changes that we needed to do.
0: So it made it so that you could focus on what you needed to focus on and not worry about um, the finances and, and having that as an added stress on top of everything else. That's just amazing to hear um, about the, the quick ramp up of, of telehealth um, that you, your organization was able to do. I think you know, you know we've heard from many health systems over the past few years who already had um, somewhat established telehealth programs, and then they were able to um, of course, increase that use during the pandemic, but going from zero to, um, you know, that number in a year is just really amazing. Thank you for, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, John, what would you say from your, from your perspective, um, you know, trying to get finance and IT to work closely together, how has the pandemic made that more important than ever?
2: Yeah, I think the pandemic has really uh, um, tightened the, uh, you know the bond between the two departments, which is which is great because because uh, it ha- hasn't always been that way historically, uh, but that's certainly made a difference. I think in our case, we um, we had to develop a field hospital at one point uh, during COVID, um, which we developed in a in an arena. Um, so we deployed a, a field hospital for patients in case the occupancy got such that we couldn't uh, house them within our institution. So. Finance and and IT worked together, you know, to to ensure the network connections were there for the EMR for patient registration, um, you know, and that's important, obviously, to properly register to uh, to get the compensation and the statistics, um, you know, for the uh, for the finance side of things because really, the money is important in the end. Uh, the other partnership um, that happened is we we had a COVID assessment center where the public could come in and uh and have a COVID test and decide and determine if they needed to isolate or or be sent to hospital so they were uh we uh worked with it to develop an app to allow them to do that booking uh, on their phone a person you know could use the app make the appointment on their phone and uh, and come in and have their test. so once again it allowed us to have the statistics to be able to support the revenue uh that that venture would uh, generate um so you know clearly it's, it's marrying once again, you know, as, as both uh, Aaron and Isaiah have said so eloquently, marrying the, the, the technology, but uh, being sure that it's monetized properly um, is key. So both parts have to work uh, because otherwise you have to pay for all of this uh, in the end, uh, because it is uh, no matter which uh, uh, country, it is a business for sure. There's a bottom line uh, in, uh, in uh, any venture.
0: Absolutely. And um, just this collaboration and how it helps move the business forward. Um, It's just so great to hear you you, you all have very um, different perspectives to add. I know you're you're saying a lot of the same messaging, but it's coming from a very different place. Um, So it's wonderful to hear about what each of your organizations have, have done and the experiences you've had. Um, I know that you, you know, Isaiah, Aaron, you've shared some examples about, you know, how well finance and IT have worked together, you know, during the pandemic and um, even before. But, um, you know, what is the key to to that collaboration? Like what has worked for your organizations to to foster better relationships and and closer collaboration between finance and IT? Can you share an example of something that's worked well for your um, organization? Aaron, I'll start with you for that one.
1: Sure. So uh, I'm a big believer in transparency. And so for us, making sure that it's clear line item out exactly what we're doing, why we're doing it, what the priorities are, where it's being funded from, and making sure there's a clear understanding with finance, ca- capital, OPEX, why we're doing it, who's the sponsor is, and what's going on. It really brought a lot of clarity to what is IT working on, right? The question is, what's my return on investment? I mean, IT, at the end of the day, traditionally is looked at it as a, as a bottom line impact. So what is that, right? There's got to be some top line generation or some savings other to the bottom line. So making that very clear as day has helped those conversations so that people don't metaphorically think IT is just throwing money into a fire pit. It's like, no, it's for a purpose goal and here's why and what's going on. That's really helped on transparency and building trust.
0: Absolutely, transparency is key. And John, um, what would you add to that? Um, I. D- I, I don't know if that's a common thought that maybe IT is just throwing uh, money at a fire pit. But um, <laughs> what what would what would you say about that? What has worked well um, in terms of fostering this collaboration?
2: Yeah, I think it's funny. It's almost like we uh, we got together, which we didn't beforehand, and and compared notes on our answers because uh, I was going to speak about the uh, you know what's worked well is we've integrated IT into our capital budgeting uh, process at Gray Blue's Health Services. So. Uh, as a, a key participant, and so now um, IT reviews all the capital requirements across the organization to ensure that IT has been properly quantified in terms of, you know, interface, hardware costs, as well as what back into the human resource side, but the human resource aspects or impacts uh, to implement and support the application uh, or equipment, because all too often, what we find is if that collaboration, uh, you know, where it wasn't there, uh, clinical will bring forward uh, an ask and it's say 1.9 million dollars to to uh, add an oncology module onto our emr and it gets approved and then it comes along and says well did you quantify the interfaces did you quantify um how much it's going to cost to implement that in terms of support uh and then support after it's implemented and clinical will be well no we didn't uh Think of that. So then you have to go back to the well, which it, which creates a credibility problem, right? Because you want to have the numbers uh, right the first time and not go back to say, "Whoops, the 2.0 or the 1.9 million ask is actually 2.5," uh, because it just it's not a good look. Um, so that's certainly an example of something that worked well.
0: Absolutely, Sam, those are both really great examples of you know, transparency and then also just making sure that you have, have the correct numbers and, and from the start too. And Isaiah, what would you add to that? Um, what has worked well you know, for you and, and your teams?
3: Again, another very good question. Um, I, I think I'll just take another spin at it to try to give some additional context. And I think it's at the organizational chart level. Uh, we, we talked about the alignment of the organizational chart, but I'll be more specific, and um, I'll put it in my case. I report directly to the CEO. So I do not report to operations. I do not report to finance. I report directly to the CEO. So what that means is I'm in all meetings relative to what we do organizationally. So I'm able to hear, similar to what John is saying, what firsthand we want to do and need to do and then provide what the IS or IT component is of that. And then secondly, what we also do is before any spend, one of the things we instituted during the pandemic is for any spend, we do a CBA process that every, we call ourselves the senior cabinet, every senior cabinet member has to vote yes or no on. And so we vote by majority votes. So if you want a new program from an operational perspective or from a clinical perspective, it has to come in CBA format And then we go over it and then it's either yes or no. And then we adjust in that time of of, of commenting on it, it based upon what we think the need may be. So right then and there, you have all the players at the table. You have all the understanding of what needs to go on from every different area because it's not just IS or IT saying, oh, you didn't think about this system requirement but finance could say hey you didn't think about this application or this way that we do it in, in, in our areas that could add or subtract to that bottom line so right then and there we get the answer we need and then we're able to march so we're reducing our own internal waste which you know in some organizations that could be because not everyone's at the table and
0: that's such a great example and in and- has that always, is that uncommon, um, I, you know, for the for the CIO and tech leaders to be involved in those types of conversations and to have a seat at the table? Is that becoming something that's more common now?
3: It is uncommon. And uh, anytime I'm doing a speaking engagement, I'm championing it uh, because that is what it needs to be. Now, No disrespect if it's currently falling under operations or IT, but I think we need to look at that a little bit more because of the role of CIOs in the organization, specifically in healthcare. We field all of the department's requests. So why not have us at the table to object, approve, or modify some of those requests firsthand? So it's not common, but I think it should be more common as we move into the next what is the 2030 CIO? I gave a presentation on that. And, and part of it is the organizational chart and where we fit. But second to that, and, and I'll turn it back over to you, is the skill set of the CIO must change as well. We, we need to get out of more of the technical and be more of the strategists for the organization and not all can do that. It's a special skill set that I think the panel that you, you've uh, captured here does that very well.
0: Absolutely. So it's as this role continues to have a, have a seat at the table or more, more so, it's maybe looking at, you know, the skills that CIOs need to build and even in hiring and recruiting and, and what that, that role looks like. Um, so it's, it's, it's just fascinating um, how it's becoming more of a strategic role and, and um, of more importance within the organization as well. Um, I, all of you today have, at least at one point during this conversation, provided a real world example from your organizations of how closer collaboration has, um, you know led to positive results at your organization, in one way or another. Um, Are there any other examples you can provide of, you know, what can be accomplished when IT and finance come together and work more closely? I think the the audience would love to hear about, you know, any specific examples you can provide would be helpful. And Erin, I see you nodding your head, so I'm, I'm assuming you have one to share.
1: Absolutely. So in the era of value-based care and more of a capitated model, really building out those bundles and partnering with your managed care contract team to do those sort of performance analysis and looking at all the data sets available, what's amazing is the payers now are asking for a number of data elements and looking at and assessing a cohort of patients uh, to deal with a specific comorbidity example. They may want social determinants of health, maybe it's patient reported outcomes data to show that Aaron actually got more healthy over longitude of care and therefore it's worthy of being paid at a higher price point. If you can talk, and I appreciate what Isaiah said, if you can talk like an operator and drive a P&L and drive a business and have those discussions at the table with your finance colleagues and your operator colleagues and everybody else and drive conversations like this. So when the CFO says, hey, we need to do a bundle for a lower extremity, X, Y, and Z, and here's why. And you say, that's a great idea. Here's the data sets we can do. I can stitch this together and give you a couple, couple of options to come to market with a product for the market that we can go then get priced to make sure we're at the market will bear that. Now you're talking like a real person has earned the right at the table. But just like Isaiah was saying, if you go in there like, well, I can have this guru talk to this guru and this widget talk to this widget, they're going to kick you out of the boardroom. So at the end of the day, you got to drive the PL.
0: Absolutely. And John, what would you add to that in terms of, um, you know, any examples from your organization of, of how, um, what can be accomplished with this closer collaboration? I think Isaiah and Aaron have both provided great examples of, um, you know, ensuring that everyone's speaking the same language and moving in the same direction. Uh, but what, uh, what would you add from your perspective, John?
2: Uh, well, I think uh, um, a good example of, uh, you know, what can be accomplished, I can think of and I always think of it in terms of a, uh, say a problem that they came together and, and resolved. So I think as I was saying in the introduction, we lead a, an instance of our EMR that's shared not only with our six hospitals in our corporation, but um, 14 in total. So um, in that we have to, you know, uh, divide the cost for that across the 14 uh, organizations. And, you know, due to turnover, uh, there really wasn't uh, a clear way of how those costs were divided uh, among and not a real, uh, you know, if you're sitting at, the, say, uh, uh, the outside organization, you know, you want to have that transparency and know what am I paying for and, and how do all the, uh, the costs and, and, you know, all the EMR vendors are the same. They're all expensive and their, their invoices are all, always difficult to uh, navigate through, I think, deliberately on the part of the EMR vendors, but, you know, how to, how to assign those costs. Um, So finance and IT came together and really tore that uh, process apart and built a model that um, was uh, clearly demonstrated, I guess, to all the partners, to all our partners, exactly what they were paying for, you know, because some of them would jump on different instances or different permutations, if you will, of the the instance, you know, those things that they were participating in and things they weren't. And the way it, it worked out is that it was clear exactly what you were paying for, and uh, that was really supported, and was such a positive. I guess in terms of a partnership, because if you're having a, a partnership, you want it to be positive and people to feel they're getting value for money, and because of being able to be so transparent, and um, you know feeding the data back to them, uh, it, it really helped enhance I guess the value of the partnership, and stopped a lot of the negativity that was there before because of not really. Uh, seeing an opaque process to you know here just just pay the bill uh, as opposed and trust us and uh, and trust you know you have to build trust you uh, you can't demand it. you have to earn it and I think through this partnership we really have earned the the, the trust of all of these CFOs at other organizations which of course uh, was a was a big job to do so I think that was a, a real positive that uh, they still talk about uh, a year or two down the road uh, after completing that.
0: That's a wonderful example. Thank you so much for sharing it. So how the clarity and transparency helped build a a positive partnership um, that, like you said, is still being talked about today. So a wonderful example. Isaiah, um, you had previously mentioned, you've you've given some wonderful examples today. Um, You know, you were just um, speaking about, you know, ensuring that CIOs and, and um, are speaking the same language as everyone else at the table. Um, wh- any other examples you would provide in terms of what can be accomplished with this closer collaboration?
3: Yeah, I have a real world example. So, uh, you know, we, we rely on our MCO partners to pay us <laughs> for, for all of our claims. And so in the pandemic, when you're having so many coding changes, it was, so hard to keep up. So one of the things in partnership with our our finance department and our billing department, we'd instituted an AI program to be able to automatically scrub the charts as the clinician submitted them to rewrite them to actually put in the correct coding. And so what that did for us is that took our revenue cycle down from 16 days on average to receive reimbursement to eight days. So when I talk about the, 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 the ROI on that, it's such, such a great thing for us because that's what helped us through a pandemic keep everyone employed. Just think about that. Eight days, you're getting cash on hand that you can spend for more telehealth or more telework and then just the regular operations of the business. So that partnership, understanding that, hey, this is a lot for us right now on the revenue side. How do we bring more cash into the business, cash money? So by putting that AI, that artificial intelligence for our finance and billing teams, we were able to do that. And we're just so happy again at Delaware Valley Community Health that we laid no one off. So that's a single mother, that's a single father who has to pay the bills. And so by giving them laptops to be home, to be able to log into our systems and do their job so that we can provide a paycheck, but then have the cash to be able to do that, to carry that payroll, you know, I'm just a happy CIO. Yeah, I, I can't put it into any other words.
0: Well, at the end of the day, I guess that's what's important. Um, And I think that probably means you're doing your job really well. That's a a, thank you for sharing that example. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we talk about it in business terms and how quickly you can get paid. But in the real world, what that means is then you can you can pay your employees. And like you said, um, not having any layoffs during the pandemic, even growing your workforce, that's um, something to be extremely proud of. We have a few minutes left um, for our conversation today. Um, Before we wrap up, I wanna just ask each of our panelists if they could just share one final takeaway or piece of advice for our attendees today. Um, You know, it could be something that we already talked about a bit or something new, but just a piece of advice about this collaboration between these teams um, that you'd like to share. And Aaron, I'll start with you for this one.
1: Sure, so I'll give a real-world story. So early in my career, uh, we were we had a system outage in a, in a previous life, and this is back before there were cloud-hosted uh, solutions, whatever else. System was down for two days. It's one of those you're pulling an all-nighter, your beard's starting to grow in, you've been there for 48 hours, 72 hours, trying to get parts on a, on a truck to get your system back up. In walks my data center, the CFO. He puts his arm around me. He said, Aaron, I'm really glad that we our electronic medical record is still functioning, but if I can't cut paychecks this Friday, these doors will close. Nobody will show up for work get the financial systems online. So I would say, above all else, don't forget the blocking and tackling. There has to be highly available distributed systems. There has to be an understanding of what do you do when there is a major outage, like I spoke to earlier. And you have to have that transparency and trust with your CFO and financial teams that you know what to do when, because it's not a matter of if, but when, but you cannot forget it is a business and you have to transact as well as provide clinical care
0: really great advice Aaron and, and John what piece of advice for a key takeaway would you share with our attendees today
2: sure Ayla I think the the one takeaway um, I would have is that uh, and I think it's already been spoken of uh, uh, today but communication between these two teams uh, I think needs to take place regularly uh, to ensure that um, you know what the current projects are that are being undertaken uh, and the like because I think when both functions uh, have a more complete understanding of what's going on in each other's world. Uh, it helps to be much more proactive in identifying issues uh, early on before they become a problem. And I think that you know the the big rule is is no surprises, right? And if I think if the two teams are are talking, then you minimize. You're always going to have you know the Swiss cheese. Uh, the holes can line up, but at least you're minimizing the chance of that happening. And I think uh, you know we're told too often. Uh, you know, we can talk about silos, but you know, they, we can definitely get silo, uh, siloed in, in those functions and, uh, and not trust each other because IT wants to protect the applications and they don't want you messing around in them and yet finance wants to dig into the data. But if you develop that communication and trust, um, you, know, you can get a lot done and, uh, and uh, make everything run a lot, uh, a lot better.
0: So that communication, transparency is key. Isaiah, I'll turn it over to you now to share one final takeaway or piece of advice for um, everyone watching today.
3: Yeah, I I have this quote that I live by and it's together we successfully achieve, apart we selfishly proceed. I'll say it one more time. Together we successfully achieve, apart we selfishly proceed. So we have to work together. We have to work across our executive departments. We have to get out of the office and talk to each other. We have to understand that finance, their role is to protect the business, is to cut those paychecks that Aaron talks about, is to make sure that we can keep the doors open. So our job shouldn't be to just say, oh, they don't understand IS or they don't understand IT. It's to make them understand, make it plain, make it easy for them to understand, put it in that CPA format, put it in that PL format, so that we can do what we need to do. Because if you put the patient first, if you put the organization first, then you can have a successful relationship.
0: Such a great piece of advice. And and I love that quote that you shared, Isaiah. Um, We're at the, the end of our time for today, but I want to once again, thank all three of our panelists for taking time out of, what I know are your incredibly busy schedules to share your insights with us today. And for all the attendees, thank you for tuning in. Please let us know if you have any questions or any feedback. And we hope that you can join us for future Becker's events. Thank you.